Hey y'all, it's Carmen. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. You are joining me for week four of a series I am calling Whatever. This series is all about our thought life. What are our thoughts supposed to be about or look like? Should they reflect the good in us or the bad? What thoughts honor God? The main scripture for this series is Philippians 4.8. I hope that at the end of this series, you and I will be able to have a Philippians 4.8 thought life, an outlook on the world. Over the past three weeks, we have looked deep into the first three descriptor words of what our thoughts should be, things that we should be thinking about. Number one, we should think about things that are true. No place for lies or hidden secrets in the mind of the child of God. Number two, we should think about things that are noble, honorable, and respectable thoughts about God, His kingdom, and other believers, as well as ourselves. No place for trashy thoughts in the mind of the child of God. And then number three, we should have right thoughts in our minds. These are thoughts that reflect the righteousness of God in our lives. What are His standards of right and wrong, and how are we allowing inputs to affect our thinking? Today, we will look at the fourth descriptor. Our thinking should be described as pure. Does anyone else have a tendency of dropping food or drink on your clothing, or is it just me? I hope that I am not the only clumsy one around here. It never fails to happen when I wear a white shirt and usually the first time I even wear it. I will drop some kind of sauce or something on it. It never fails. I guess Murphy's Law is real. So there I am with a stained white shirt, no longer the pure unblemished piece of clothing I had pre-sauce drop. I have two choices. I can either leave it like it is, ruined, Or I can apply some stain remover to it and pray the stain comes out in the wash. Here's a secret stain remover tip. Dawn soap. And no, this is not an ad for Dawn soap. A little Dawn on the stain brushed out with an old toothbrush and your clothing should be as good as new. So what do I do? I go get the Dawn and apply the stain remover procedure. I have invested my hard-earned money into that shirt. I like the shirt, or I would not have bought it. I have plans to wear it many more times. I am going to do everything I can to restore it and maintain it to its former glorious state before the sauce entered into the picture and made the stain. Why do I tell you this? Because you and I are like the shirt. We have been purchased by someone who likes us. No, in fact, loves us very much. He has good plans for us for many, many years. The sauce is sin, and the stain is when we have participated in sin. The stain remover is Jesus. He makes us white and pure and unblemished again, so that we will be able to reflect His cleanliness. I am thinking right now of the classic hymn, Whiter Than Snow, as we talk about this. The chorus reads, Whiter than snow, yes, whiter than snow. Now wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. 
Today we will discuss how we can be as white as my new shirt, pure and holy, unblemished and unstained in our thoughts and in our hearts. Let's begin by reading our key verse for the series, Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Pure. The word in the original language means to be free from defilement, holy, sacred inside and out, not mixed with anything condemnable. So our thoughts are to be pure, free from defilement, holy, sacred inside and out, not mixed with anything that would be able to condemn. Man, that is a high and lofty command. How could we ever achieve this level of purity in our thought life? To be honest and real with you, I have absolutely no idea. To be even more honest and real with you, this is something I struggle with a lot. And you probably do as well, even if you don't know it. Why is that? Why do we struggle so much? Because we live in a world full of defilement, unholiness, and vile influences, which Satan wants to use and is using to corrupt us to impurity. These outside influences are a direct result of sin and will always be present. Our responsibility is to stay away from these things in fact, Scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians and 2 Timothy to flee from sins and evil desires. Colossians chapter 3, verse 5 goes a step further and tells us to, quote, put to death whatever belongs to our earthly natures, including impurities. So these impure things are not things we need to invite into our homes for dinner and board games. We must deal with them and deal with them properly. We cannot live life void of these influences, but we can avoid them or have the proper response when they come to infiltrate our lives. The word pure here in Philippians 4.8 is used seven other times in the New Testament. I will reference them all. I will also include them in the episode description, and I will summarize what each verse tells us. By reading these verses, we can gather a better understanding of what this word means and how we can apply what Paul is telling us to do. Hopefully, by the end of this episode, we will all know what to do with these impure worldly influences and when they come knocking at our door. 2 Corinthians 7.10 tells us that godly sorrow over sin leads to true repentance, to which innocence and purity is a byproduct. 2 Corinthians 11.2 tells us that the church is to be a pure bride before Christ, undefiled by the world. Verse 3 goes on to say that, quote, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Be careful. We are in danger. 1 Timothy 5.22 says that we are commanded to not share in the sins of others but to keep ourselves pure. Titus 2 tells us that purity and self-control go hand in hand. James 
says that wisdom from above is above all pure, and all wise actions will be characterized by pure motives, intentions, and the like. 1 Peter 3.2, speaking specifically to wives, but applicable to all, tells us that our pure and reverent lives will be a testimony to unbelievers, which will lead to their salvation. 1 John 3.3 says that children of God who put their hope in Christ have purified themselves and are pure as Christ is pure. So when we are truly repentant and come to faith in Christ, we are pure. When we exhibit pure and reverent lives out of love for Christ, others come to know Him and are purified themselves. When we stay away from being defiled, When we are self-controlled and keep ourselves pure, we can have pure actions, motives, and intentions in an impure world. Is the Word of God not the best? I love how when we just dive in a little deeper to what it says, we can find real application for our lives to help us in our struggles. More help is here for us. The Scripture not only tells us that we need to do something, It also tells us how to do that thing. So scripture says, be pure, think pure, act pure. Let's see what God's word says about how to go about doing that. Again, I will reference the scripture and include them in the episode's description. I do hope you will go back when you have a second and study these more in depth for yourself. Here we go. Ways to stay pure. There are 14 So hang on tight with me. Number one, fear the Lord. Psalm 19, 9. Number two, have clean hands, pure hearts, no idols or idol worship, no falsehood, and seek forgiveness. Psalm 24, 4 and 51, 10. Number three, live according to God's word. Psalm 119, 9. Number four, rely on God to cleanse you not yourself. Proverbs 29. Number five, come out of impure practices. Don't associate with them. Isaiah 52, 11. Number six, know what you believe and what you teach to others. 1 Timothy 1, 5. Number seven, serve God. 2 Corinthians 6, verse six. Number eight, turn away from sin and turn to God. 2 Corinthians 7, 1. Number nine, practice purity. 1 Timothy 4, 12. Number 10, have pure relationships, especially if you are married, and hold in high esteem marriage. Hebrews 13, verse 4. Side note here, this one may seem out of place, but it's not. The first human interactions God ordained was within the context of marriage. God views marriage highly, and so should we. How many impure sins begin because marriage has not been highly esteemed? Think about it. Number 11, obey the truth, 1 Peter 1, 22. Number 12, rid yourself of all malice, slander, hypocrisy, envy, and deceit, 1 Peter 2, 1. Number 13, Feed on spiritual food and drink, not on what will defile you. 1 Peter 2, 2. 
And number 14, confess your sins. 1 John 1, 9. 14 ways to stay pure. Looks a little intimidating. Maybe so. So what are we supposed to do? Keep a purity checklist for each day and check off each one when we meet it? No, I don't think God would have us live such a rigid religious life. The most devoted Jews in Jesus' day felt that they had to keep a record of the right that they did to remain undefiled, and they missed Jesus altogether. They thought he was the one sent by Satan to defile the world, not the one sent by God to purify it. Jesus even went so far as to call them all sorts of unflattering names, like brood of vipers, whitewashed tombs, and hypocrites. No, I don't think God would have us keep a checklist. What I do think he would have us do is to do the next right thing. If the next right thing for you is to begin being pure by placing your hope and faith in Jesus so that you can be made pure, do that. If your next right thing is to rid yourself of envy and deceit to be pure, do that. If your next right thing is to serve God in a local church or in your very own home or community, do that. He just wants you to rely on Him and stay pure, not concerning ourselves with what, quote, grade He will give to us. He's not handing out grades at all. Bottom line, God wants us to be pure because He is pure. This is in total opposition to all the filthiness and foolishness, the obscene and dirty all around us. He desires that we think and act and speak things that are agreeable to his holy nature and promote holiness within our hearts and daily lives. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day and this time together. Thank you for my friends who are listening. And I just ask right now that... Uh, First of all, you would cleanse us from all unrighteousness, all impurities within our hearts and minds. God, I pray that you would um, help us to forsake the things that we invite into our lives that may stain us, the sins that we participate in that we know we shouldn't. God, I thank you that Jesus is the one that can take all those stains away. And I ask that he would come and do that now. And God, I pray that we would obey the command to keep ourselves pure. God, help us to follow your word in doing that. Help us to look to your word for how we can go about being pure and staying pure. And then I pray that you would help us, give us the strength and courage, the grace to do the next right thing, to stay pure in a world that wants to so easily defile us. God, help us to live lives that will be an example to others and that may others come to know you because of how we've lived our lives. May purity be a characteristic of our thoughts and also our actions. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to end today by reading the entire lyrics to the classic hymn, Whiter Than Snow, that I referenced earlier. 
One day, I might even try and sing it for you. I hope that this will encourage you as you seek to be pure and stay pure. Lord Jesus, I long to be perfectly whole. I want thee forever to ransom my soul. Break down every idol, cast out every foe. Now wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Lord Jesus, for this I must humbly entreat. I wait, blessed Lord, at thy crucified feet. By faith for my cleansing, I see thy blood flow. Now wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Lord Jesus, thou knowest I patiently wait. Come now and within me a new heart create. To those who have sought thee, thou never said no. Now wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Whiter than snow, yes, whiter than snow. Now wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Okay, y'all, that's four descriptors down, four more to go. We're halfway there. Next week, we will look at how our thoughts can be lovely, whatever, no matter what. I hope you will tune back in then. Have a great week. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. I sure hope you have been encouraged by our talk. Join me next week for another new episode. Meet me right back here then. If you have been blessed by this podcast, please rate us, subscribe, and share with a friend. I would also love to hear from you. You can email me at berealcarmen at gmail.com. Let me know where you are listening from and how I can be praying for you. This is Carmen. Go be real. The world needs to see it.